that you're here you found yourself with the first episode of the sick chronicles Woo-hoo! this is so crazy i'm making a podcast i've always hated my voice on recordings or videos but here i am speaking into the unknown my point in making this podcast is to share your stories to give recognition to all those suffering in silence i'll say that again Recognition. Personally, I have never been public about struggling with an invisible disease, which is a choice that I struggle with often, and I think a lot of us feel this way. Uh, The fear that they will be judged, you feel like people are sick of hearing it, or you do post and it's not the response that you were hoping for. It can be so incredibly tricky balancing an invisible disease and every one of you deserve to share your truth. Of course, in a space that is free from judgment or annoyed sighs. Rant away, my beauties. We're going to cover wide range of diseases and also share specifics of the disease. I know that might sound a little boring, but imagine all the times that you've tried to tell someone about your illness and you see the eye rolls or they stop listening because the words are too big this part is important too we're going with the golden rule treat others how you would like to be treated i was thinking that it might be a little awkward or uncomfortable to share funny stories when dealing with these topics (laughs) fucking train But I know from personal experience that laughing in the face of it, oh my god. I know from personal experience that sometimes laughing in the face of embarrassment can be a good way to cope. And I hope that everyone can have a laugh and also learn something and also feel empathy. If we fill the air with empathy, I'm sure some type of good energy is coming from somewhere and that of course doesn't mean that heartwarming and inspiring stories aren't equally important we want everything empathy is exponential and everyone deserves to be heard no matter how small the struggle invisible diseases come in all shapes and sizes and affect everyone differently spoonies is the term i use most or sickos or crazy I know that might be offensive to some people, but it makes me smile in my brain. And if you don't know what a spoonie is, I highly recommend um, looking up the spoon theory. Um, It was originally for lupus. Uh, If you haven't heard of it, I will link it in the show notes. Uh, I like to share some examples and numbers so we get a full gravity of invisible illnesses. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, nearly one in five U.S. adults live with a mental illness. 52.9 million people in 2020. John Hopkins says 23.5 million Americans struggle with an autoimmune disorder. Interesting fact, almost 80% of those are women. The American Diabetes Association says a staggering 5% or 34.2 million people have diabetes. What? That number is not far off from the mental illness statistic 
Why aren't we talking about it? I know all, everyone I know knows someone with diabetes. I have family members with diabetes. Why aren't we taught about it? Womenshealth.gov says 10% or 6.1 million women fight infertility, which I'll say it again. Why are we not talking about it? Just from those four facts, it's a shit ton of people. The ones I mentioned is 116.7 million people. 116.7 million Americans, all with their own complications, their long list of medications, and their long list of doctors. And the craziest part is that we all feel alone. I've been wishing that I was a super brainiac so I could solve all the problems, but you got me. College dropout just guessing my way through life. But I've picked up some tricks along the way and I'm ready to share. Our first chronicle comes all the way from Colorado. Sarah is our storyteller. I've changed all the names. Her invisible disease is depression, so let's make sure everyone is on the same page about what depression is. So the definition of depression is it's a common and serious mental illness that negatively affects the way you think and how you act. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. The long list of symptoms can include change in appetite, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy, fatigue, feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating or making decisions. can also lead to thoughts of suicide and self-harm. And I know you guys know there's a million more that people don't see. And who is at risk for depression, you might ask? Well, that's the shitty part. Everyone. But hey, at least you know you'll never be alone. It can also depend on a couple different things, brain chemistry, genetics, or it could be a situation that's got you low. Of course, everyone knows the magic word to fix it all, antidepressants. I'm a firm believer that mental meds are either a godsend and work for you, or they put you in that deep dark hole that you never want to come out of. Come on, scientists. It's 2022. We have got to come up with better solutions. Oh, let's hear Sarah's story. And let's give a huge shout out to Sarah for being our very first chronicle. Yay! I was 19 years old and about a year into my mental health journey. I'd been diagnosed with depression. Of course, the battle in my brain had been going on much longer. This year is when a doctor heard me and decided to look under the hood. In that year, I had tried several medications, including Lexapro... Prozac and Zoloft. Nothing was working and I was starting to lose hope slash my mind. I think that's a battle that anyone with mental illness deals with and it's so horrible. My doctor suggested a cheek swab test that would match me with the medicine best suited for me. Ooh, I've heard about this. I jumped at the opportunity. It sounded like a magic cure, the holy grail. Okay, why don't they do this for everyone immediately when the side effect of antidepressants is suicidal thoughts? Just a side note. I got the results and we have a winner. It was called Pristique. I hope I'm saying that right. It really was a godsend in the beginning. My life evened out. I started working again, hanging out with friends, even dating. My family even noticed the positive change in my behavior. Oh, I feel like this is the part in the story where it starts to go downhill. 
Six months with Prestique, I made the biggest fuck up of all history. I let my insurance lapse. Oh my god, I knew it. This made my heart drop. I didn't even realize that it had until I went to pick up my prescription and they told me it was over $500. Okay, another topic that that seriously needs to be talked about and screamed from rooftops. So I can't get my meds. I hurried home to try and figure out, figure this out ASAP, but for the life of me, I couldn't. I even recruited my mom for help. Well, you know, I'm 19 and irresponsible, so I forget about it, push it out of my brain. It's not easily fixable, so I'm going to ignore it. I didn't die with all the pills before, I'll be fine now. Never did I hear that antidepressants can cause withdrawal effects. Oh, Jesus. We need to put labels on the bottles. I'll do it personally. It's only about four days after my last dose and I start to feel a little funny. I think I'm getting sick. I'm very emotional as is. And now I'm crying at every commercial and ladybug that I see. Over the next week, I realize what is happening and become even more desperate to solve the problem. There's this one side effect on a support group I joined. They call them brain zaps. So that's what I've stuck with. Basically, if you move your head or eyes, it would feel like a jolt of electricity through your whole brain. Oh my god, that is a literal nightmare. Literal. As I mentioned before, my life was on an upward swing. I had even started to dip my feet in the dating pool. I found a date, and it was my very first date with a girl, so I was extra nervous. I spent so much time getting ready. I was ecstatic. It took me about two hours to put my makeup on due to the brain zaps and foggy brain, but I was not canceling. The plan was to go see a movie. I wish I could remember what movie so I could watch it now as an excuse to cry. Oh my god, I'm gonna remember that. We all need an excuse to cry once in a while. It's about 8.30 and time for me to leave to meet my date. I walk out of my bedroom, down the hall, open the main door, open the screen door, I get three steps outside, not even off the porch, and I see it. I swear to God you can't make this shit up. I saw a very large, menacing-looking white rabbit with red eyes guarding my car. W-T-F. Immediately, I started sobbing and calling everyone and their mother to come help. No one is available. I'm trying to find a flashlight, but nothing. I'm panicking at first because... Holy hell, what is this thing? Then panicking on a whole new level because that can't be true. But I saw it. My brain must be turning to mush. Just to give perspective on how terrified I was, my grandma's house was the one right next to mine growing up and I couldn't even run to her house. My brain freaks. I'm supposed to be on a date in 10 minutes. What the fuck was I supposed to tell her? Sorry, dude, the bunny rabbit said not today. Oh my god. I end up saying I had a flat tire, but I was so late calling she was already at the movies. I was devastated and embarrassed. I'm an hour into this bunny attack when my mom finally calls me back and she thinks I have absolutely lost it. Bonkers. Which, I mean, was she wrong? She finally directed me to a flashlight and I mentally prepared to fight off a literal demon. Flashlight in hand like a goddamn sniper. Slowly peering out the window, I almost fall over in shock. You'll never believe it, but I swear to God, it was a Walmart bag. A Walmart bag. 
The withdrawal from Prestique had become so bad, I hallucinated a giant bunny trying to kill me. The scariest moment of my life was a plastic bag. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Thankfully, after about a week, I was able to get my prescription. Although I was hesitant about taking it again, I felt like I had no choice. I was suffering without it. And eventually it did wean off Prestique, and it was hell. I have no positive notes on that part. It sucked through and through. This for a long time was the lowest I could imagine, and so, so embarrassing. I look back and choose to have a laugh about it instead of cry now. Take a step back and it's hilarious. Well, the seriousness of antidepressants and withdrawal are a nightmare and definitely should be properly explained. But we'll chalk this one up to the funny side for my sake. Thank you, Sarah, for being so brave and sharing this horror slash comedy. It took a lot of guts to write that and I'm proud of you for writing it in. And I'm glad that you felt strong enough to share it for other people who need a laugh or maybe they shared something similar and now they can learn that it's it didn't only just happen to them and they can laugh at it too. I'm actually in awe on a first date. Can you imagine? I'm giving her all the props though. She handled it like a champ. I'm thinking I definitely would have called the police, animal control, probably the fire department, and I was dying to know, so I reached out to Hannah and she let us in on the deets. It did not work, unfortunately, with the girl. Oh, ain't dying at this, but she also added that a couple years later, uh, in stapler meds, she was working at Red Lobster and she sees the girl come in, get sat in her section, and she was on a date. So, so awkward. I love Hannah for the humor she finds in this and honestly feel proud of her for finding a way to get through the embarrassment. That is not easy. I really do agree with her that meds ain't no joke and should be properly explained to the patient. My suggestion to this, especially if you have a doctor that you don't have a great relationship with, I always join a forum on Facebook for my drug slash disease. That way you are hearing from real people. A warning with that though is that people tend to share more negative news than positive news. So take things with a grain of salt. I think between that and the medical journals that you can find on Google, I get a pretty good picture. And it's actually a tip that I got from a fellow Spoonie. I encourage anyone starting, changing, or ending a med to ask all the questions from anyone you can. And of course the bummer is, everyone reacts differently. A medicine like Prozac might make one person feel cured from depression and another feels like the world is ending. It's smart to have more frequent check-ins when doing this. Alright y'all, that was the first episode! I... Ending is awkward. How do I say bye to you guys? Well, first I have to say, right? That's the rules. I have to say follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Sick Chronicle. No S. Someone already had it. Erg. I want to hear from you. Tell your stories. You can send them to thesickchronicles at gmail.com. We will be heard.